0: Just some, some light work. Just, uh you know, crowd
1: pleasers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always an easy day when you're going to talk uh, brand muffins. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> there it was. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. There it is. Yes. So which, uh, which healthy breakfast meal would you like to start with, Mike? I'm not going to be, uh, well, I guess in this case, another uh, one um, is just a uh, country bumpkin. Uh, you know, from Middle America. So, but I'm still going to play it safe and say let's uh, dare say it going with a uh, an international film, right? That's what we call it now, not a foreign film. Let's let's go with the Rashomon. And have we done one on this podcast before? Is this uh, breaking new ground?
0: Have we done it? A... Are I we? Think it might be. Dave and actually. I
1: don't read. Is what we're saying on this show. <laughs> yes. Be <then> bothered. <laughs>
0: Yes, very rarely. Um, I think the thing that saved us here is that it's a short movie. So Mike's like, okay, 90 minutes of reading, that's my max.
1: <laughs> Anything well, it's more also than that, mm, I don't episodic know. episodic by nature, so I just, you know, I treat it as a Netflix uh, yeah, it's, series. Drop in and out.
0: I mean, it—it it is very easy to cut up, you know? There's, like, very specific stories being told, and you could uh, very easily see this being a... TV production. Yeah, it looks just like it.
1: <laughs> I think it's got a little Coming more. Coming
0: to ABC. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mike! <laughs> I don't think so. I think it looks a little better. Uh, it, I mean, if it's going to be on TV, it would be HBO. It would not be It would not be on, quote-unquote, network TV, whatever that means, anymore.
1: How dare you, stars. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. If you don't like where this is going, look away, look away you not in my way, in my path. Forget that. All of my emotions are the same. What a laugh.
0: You cover your tattoo. It's something cheap and new. But you can't erase mistakes. It's on your skin. It's in your blood. It's on your face. All of my excuses sound the same, sound the same. I can shut my mouth when I'm playing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So – uh, before we kind of get into Rashomon proper, just um, a little behind the scenes of the show. Mike does 19 <laughs> other shows, as do I, so I can't really make that. Listen to. I all really of wish them, I could, but I, will, I could make that joke.
1: I will never market yes. them, though. <laughs> You'll have to find yes. them yourselves.
0: <laughs> well, I will market them for you. Um, so trilogy and theory, another show that Mike does, where they take three movies that are. As the title suggests, a trilogy in theory, not an actual trilogy, but three movies that would go well together. Um, One of their trilogies featured Rashomon pretty recently, and I had already put this on the schedule. So I messaged Mike, like, "You sure you wanna sure you wanna do this? Uh, You wanna do this again? Double dip?" Because usually people
1: do. You want to read again, (laughs) Mike? I mean, you already did. (laughs) And people may not
0: know this about Mike, but if he has already talked about a movie and you go like, "Let's do it on this show," he's like, "Ah." I don't uh, what else do I have and it really uh really tells me I gave it really tells me that that you gave nothing to trilogy in theory cuz you were like yeah mm. sure there's a lot more meat on the bone there uh, cuz my co-host well, did nothing but undersell one of the greatest filmmakers ever Okay,
1: so yes i i, I it's uh, erroneous uh, only in that uh, i felt like i was not given the opportunity to discuss the film because <laughs> uh strangely uh what I would consider, at least in my circle of friends, to be one of the biggest curse elephants, right. uh, spent pretty much the entirety of that, you know, 25 minute runtime uh, talking about how, you know, boring but necessary <laughs> <laughs> the film was. So, yeah, I guess we didn't really talk about it as a movie as much as we did uh for our most recent trilogy uh the the sort of Rashomon right. effect that it's right. had it's it's uh imprint on uh cinema in general so And it is a pretty I pretty amazing day. imprint right like it's you yeah. I mean even mm-hmm. if you've never seen
0: Rashomon you have seen the Rashomon effect it's basically in short it's any any story that is told from multiple perspectives and they're a different story kind of each time um same ending but a, a different way of getting there. Like, it's been on The Simpsons, it's been on every movie you can imagine, many TV shows, like, it's it's a thing. But this, of course, was kind of the origin of it. I'm sure there are stories maybe not on film that probably did this, as far as, like, telling the same story from different perspectives, but in terms of this particular art form, like, this is, this is patient zero of that trope. So if you don't like that trope, you can blame Kurosawa. If you do, you can thank him. I happen to like this trope a lot, because I think, I
1: think... And if you do blame Kurosawa, you also apparently host a podcast with me. Yeah, Trilogy apparently, where all the blame was put as me. I thought you were going in the direction that I was just such a huge fan of this film that I'm attempting to do my own. Ah, rationale. I'm going to do it three yes. times on three I, different podcasts. I I just know uh, you. I know uh, you whatnot. won't follow through,
0: it. so I'm not even going to make that. Like two is really, amazing. It, it
1: all comes down to you, Dave. If you suck it up on this, I guess I have to go Ooh. for a third. But if you succeed mm. here, then this yeah, is it. So, uh, so no matter Rashmik. what
0: you say to me after we record, I will know if I did well or not, mm. if you if you do this somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> you, you check your Overcast you, app and they, there's Mike talking about Rushmore. How dare you. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so in terms of Kurosawa, like, you know, I think the most well-known film is Seven Samurai. That's the one that kind of got all the – all the cinephile publicity, right? It was the first movie that was was ever on uh, Criterion. Like, that was their spy number one. So, kind of, you know, big shoes um, here when you talk about
1: this filmmaker. But what was your... Do you remember what your introduction to Kurosawa is? It was Rashomon. Um, I'm sure it probably, you know, like most... I guess teenagers of the nineties. And if you're really into movies, it probably comes back to Pulp Fiction. I'm sure I, uh, that was my first um, chance of seeing like uh, talking about the sort of anthology aspect of telling uh, the same events from different characters perspectives. And while I don't think, you know, Pulp Fiction really fits into that mold because we don't see differences in the way the events play out from right. different perspectives uh they just kind of spin off into just their different own camera thing. angles um, that's <laughs> yeah you know different uh i guess uh, viewpoints of um, john travolta on a toilet Yeah, maybe who doesn't know. need more of that <laughs> Which viewpoint is that? mike <laughs> right <laughs> i'm not saying it's a bad thing <laughs> uh, and then there's um you know all the mini pulp fictions that came out later uh some successful like uh Doug liman and john august uh go uh 1999 uh, has some of the similar mm. things as far as we see why characters did what they did because we see it through another character's eyes uh but no this love one for, what was it
0: two days in the valley three days in the valley the charlie's Theron. I'm,
1: i didn't like it as a teenager i mean i i certainly started having a, a great affection for charlie's through among one, us but, yes uh, <laughs> um yeah uh that's uh that's not the minority report there i don't think i'm really coming in with a hot take um, but, uh, it's funny you bring that up. I am getting ready to cover that one on sober cinema because that appeared in, uh, we're doing movies of 1996 mm, mm-hmm. and just going week by week. And I felt like, Hey, maybe I give Charlize another yeah. chance. She's had a, she, a yeah, really moment, tough, really know? tough. That I have
0: a soft spot for that movie only because it's the first movie I ever saw, like at an advanced screening. Like that was, mm, it was one okay. of those, like they were handing out like tickets for it after I came out of another movie because they were trying to get people in line. I was like, oh, free movie? Sure. Uh, It wasn't a great movie or anything, but it was like, hey, I got to see this before anyone. And then I realized no one else saw it when it came out either. So it wasn't that much of a a preview screening, but I do have like kind of a warm memory of that, having that moment of like, ooh, I get to see this before anyone else and getting to watch Charlize Theron on screen. That's always good.
1: I don't think it's going to surprise you. Does it happen too much? In Kentucky I I did get seen Knocked up early There you go And thus my My love Of Catherine Heigl Began because I was I was there at the beginning Uh, The ultimate Dime (laughs) store
0: Charlize Theron That
1: is (laughs) Alright There will be another Rashomon episode I don't care what is said Going forward i go with A a kinder co-host So you
0: you started You started with Rashomon Um, Like for me I started with Seven Samurai But like I think I think when I first watched it It was like too early In my kind of film going uh to really kind of appreciate it because i was the the stereotypical uh teenager where i was like ah this is really long it's kind of boring uh i don't think i need to uh, i mean <laughs> i
1: actually find i have less patience now i think when i was a teenager i was what else did i have to do but uh now as an old man i'm uh like you know rashomon is uh gloriously brief i guess as far as 88 minutes yes it is yeah um, it's
0: a good one for that
1: but uh no even even then um I, I'm i sure just as a young man, I, I dug the, like, just extreme cynicism of this film, which is there, and I guess this is a mild spoiler, maybe not in plot, but in tone, until maybe the last, I don't know, 90 seconds, <laughs> where it's just like, man, the world is so bleak <laughs> right. and dark, and no one can be trusted. Um, here's yeah, a here you go. Here's the future. <laughs>
0: it's fine. Yeah, I think like 10 minutes into this movie, one of the characters is like, yeah, none of their stories are true. These are all like basically mm-hmm. telling you everything you're about to see is lies for like the next 87 and a half minutes, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to go well for you. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing about the movie is it sets up with this cynicism. It sets up with this, oh, no one here is honest, you can't trust anybody." And yet I feel like you're still engaged with all of these stories, with all of these characters. So it becomes a contest almost of like, how well is this liar? gonna tell this story and how entertained am i gonna be so do you have one of the stories that you
1: prefer which is even more cynical yeah Yeah. that's a that's a that's basically saying that um you know, our, our belief system is going to be predicated on uh, what we find the most appealing. Uh, I mean, tell system. me I'm let's, wrong. Let's, it's let's... Just... <laughs> um, you know, back to Dave mentioning Two Days in the Valley. I'm like, wow, really? Rashima? Like, I went with Pulp Fiction, which I already felt kind of bad about. And then you're going, what about Two Days in the Valley? Right there on the shelf next to Kurosawa? That's right. Yeah. Same thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's it's different from probably the expectation as far as modern, uh, Rashomon effects where people are looking for the gaps, mm-hmm. uh, the plot holes and, you know, whoever's relaying this information to try to find out like, which one is the definitive take, uh, as opposed to the, you know, general belief system, I guess, of the characters or the filmmakers here that, uh, none of them are definitive. And since they're all, flawed people instances or horrific events that happen, we have uh, sexual assault uh, and a murder, then uh, we probably should hold them to a higher standard. This is not, you know, I mentioned Doug Lyman's go, which is, um, you know, who, can someone take my shift uh, and can I go to this rave? That sort of thing. A Those are bit stakes that stuff. I understand. That is. Yes. Yes. Uh, so maybe we have the expectation here that uh, when this is something where uh, a life has been mm-hmm. taken, uh, we want the absolute truth and it certainly doesn't play like, you know, the, uh, I guess the American like courtroom thrillers where it's like someone's big lie will be revealed and then everything will unravel and the truth will come to light. Uh, whereas here it feels like you just get into the quicksand and never mm-hmm. recover. You know, the, the more you sort of move around, the more you try to engage with their stories, uh, the, the less you seem to know could be a little frustrating maybe to modern audiences uh but i don't think the film is not misleading like you said they are setting out from the start uh saying that you're going to hear you know three tales and then ultimately you'll hear a a fourth one that maybe you could choose to see is the most illuminating uh i myself uh find the dead man's story uh to be the most interesting just on the fact that, as I mentioned, it is a dead man who's really I, so. <laughs> I love how
0: straight they play that. Like I, you yeah. would. I just feel like you would never see that in a in a modern film. It would be like, well, there's a medium, so you can't really buy this. Like we have the kind of.
1: This is where people will jump right. off. Like, okay, that's going too and far. And I love
0: it, they just play it completely straight. Like they just have this medium with and I love what they, they do with the voice there. You hear like the the masculine voice, so it's like really this guy's story. And I love that there's not a single moment from any of the characters. Granted, they don't show the the court's reaction, which is another thing I love about this. It's because you are the court. It's clearly just like listening to these people's stories. But even when they kind of flash back to the stories being told there's no one who goes, well, that's ridiculous uh, that there's a medium. They're like, yeah, OK. So that's the voice of the dead man. That's fine. And I just love how upfront they are with all this. And like – but I think one of the things that you maybe – I don't know if you complained about it on your last podcast, but the um, – yeah, I never do. I just state quote, the unquote, facts. This That's is not is. exactly Duel of the Fates uh, <laughs> sword fight. <laughs> and I love that. That's maybe my favorite part of this is that especially when you have the, uh you know, the story in the beginning, the bandit story, Tojumaru, like he very, he plays himself up. You know, he's a little bit like, oh, yeah, she looked at me and she fell in love with me. I kissed her and I changed her mind. Like, it's very, it's very <laughs> over the top. I tricked him. I did this. And then when they show later the supposed battle that ensued, it is not a honorable samurai battle in any way it is very it clumsy, is clumsy. And it's desperate. in the mud like it could have gone either mm-hmm. way about 19 times but like no matter who won that fight no one comes off looking cool there is no Darth Maul being cut in half and going down the shaft it's just like just trying to survive and I love that I and le- and I love Mifune's uh performance all through this like I just think like, He's incredible in kind of every sequence, like every memory that is shown. He's, he's slight, he's different enough, but clearly playing the same character in all three of these stories. And they all really, really work. He's also like, weirdly, it's a strange thing because he's probably the character with the most, you know, the most amount of audience pull here because he's funny he's over the top he's exaggerated but he's also like a murderer and a rapist uh so it's a interesting interesting ploy by kurosawa here but i think somehow it still ends up working
1: i'm gonna be brave here and say that uh i didn't care for him i didn't care for the murderer and the rapist like coward you coward yeah um (laughs) uh yeah i i think that his um the performance within the performance I find really annoying as far as, uh, his version of the story when he's, mm-hmm. uh, owning it and proud of his antics. Uh, it very much is like a, uh, Batman mm-hmm. villain. Like he, yes. he's, he's manic. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, it's, it's probably the most effective, uh, role as far as seeing the different viewpoints, uh, because he, he has such a, uh, a big and loud starting point, And to see, uh, it's not like the onion being peeled mm-hmm. back, but it's like we're just removing the theatricality, you know, slowly as we go through uh, the stories. And so, yeah, I definitely like you're starting off with the one that um, if I, if this was like Twelve Angry Men or something, I'd be like, yeah, he did it. I just want him to stop talking now, and uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and guilty, and we're done. Um, and I would definitely be uh, like my co-host on Trilogy Theory, who dreams of being. Uh, like you know, a, a regular George C. Scott just yelling at people <laughs> left and right. Um, I guess that would be my my uh, counterpoint is I don't I don't like the yelling so much in in films. But um, I I would say that the wife's story is the one that is probably like if you know, and they have remade this to a certain they've remade this in concept mm-hmm. right and applied it to different settings and time periods and things and you know for this very episode we're we're doing it for the the last duel Um, right you know similar thing as far as a crime has been committed uh and the crime is against a woman but at least you know in that film uh and it kind of here too it's like well ultimately though uh it's the crime against the man that we Mm -hmm. care about more it's the it's the pride in this this new film from ridley scott and and here that pride the defense of that pride, I guess, escalates to the death of the mm-hmm. samurai. Um, but I, I find her performance, the, uh, the, the trickiest mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think that Mifune definitely has the, the most fun yes. part to play, but hers, um, and it's because like the other two perspectives are from two men and how they look at her and look at her, I guess, perceived betrayal. Mm-hmm. um, without really like looking at anything that they're doing in those sequences to kind of put her in that position. Uh, it it is strangely high schoolish almost like, even though we have this, uh, wild bandit, uh, who builds himself up as a legend. We have this stoic samurai and yet it basically comes down to like, um, she wrote on a piece of paper, like, you know, will you go out with me? Yes or no. And it (laughs) drives these men mad. Uh, and I'm not trying to, um, be kind of pithy about the like actual like crime that takes place here but from their perspective the way they like relay her interactions with it it's like well she just wouldn't she just wouldn't pick she just wouldn't decide between and that would have solved everything if she had just used <laughs> her voice and her power like um and that's that's really interesting and when we talked about it on uh trilogy and theory uh we, we kind of skimmed over it because you know Webb was just on, on the the attack for kurosawa but it was interesting that the um uh, non-foreign, at least the domestic response um, from the uh, Japanese critics, not as favorable to this film. And this yeah. is one that um, I guess us dumb Americans and everyone else in the world uh, adopted, but... Um,
0: not only adopted, but Seed as like not only on all these lists, but like one of the top 10 best films ever made throughout mm-hmm. history. It's like it's on every list and near the top. And, I, you know, and it does make me wonder... How much of that, and I love this movie. Like, to me, it's like a five star movie. I think it's incredible, but I do wonder
1: how much of this is because of the effect. I don't know what I right? gave it, a, but uh, three and a half, I think, is I think what it was you gave slightly it. Slightly lower than episode one. Yeah. Cause then, <laughs> yes. it was not Duel of the Fates, as I said. <laughs> That's yes. Right.
0: And it's like, but the the effect is so strong. It's like, kind of, it becomes, if, if not impossible, very difficult to tease apart. Like, how much do I like this movie and how much do I like what it has given us mm, yeah. in the decades after, you know, it's so hard, but you mentioned, you know, the, the female lead here, uh, Machiko Kyō, and she's real, like, I think even though like she may not have the most fun, she probably has the, the hardest job here. Uh, yes. because I think her characterization is so different between all these three stories. Um, her performance is different. What she says is different. The reason she does them are different. Unless you want to count like kind of her ending and all of them is in one way or another to preserve her honor. But everything leading up to that is so dramatically different. And you really like there's there's one particular story where she is like aggressive and loud and in your face and compared to the other stories where she is demure and relatively weak and quiet. And it's just like it's like a shock to the system. As you watch it, you're like, I don't even know how to take this because that's not what I was prepared for with this character after that first story. So I think she's probably got the biggest challenge.
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess we're we're on the right side of history in that regard, Dave. I mean, I know you were really enjoying the the, the rape and murder and all of that. But yes, I'm glad <laughs> Who you does not like, yeah. <laughs> applaud. Uh, but yeah, it's um, apparently um, Japanese critics this year were baffled. And they decided uh-huh. that it was only admired uh, in the West uh, because it was, quote, exotic uh, and more Western than other Japanese mm. films. So, I don't know. Maybe we are just dumb Americans and we just found the most maybe dumb American thing it's to enjoy. totally possible.
0: I mean, also, one of the things that, that struck me as I was watching this, like, just, just the look of the film itself. Like, it, it opens, like, at this... You know, when you're going to meet all these characters Mm. who are going to tell these stories and just like the rain coming off the roofs and the sound, like it just is gorgeous, like from the very start. uh, And it does a really good job of, of setting that scene. One of the things I find really interesting, though, is like maybe the one of the characters you like the least is the woodcutter, the guy who you find out at the end. Spoiler alert from this movie from the 50s or whatever. Um, you should watch it. Um, is that he sees everything and basically decides like, eh, I don't want to get involved in all that mm. mess. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go to court. I'm not going to, I'm not going to testify. I know exactly what happened. I am an impartial viewer of this. I have no connection to any of these people, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to ease on down the road. I don't, I don't really need this mess in my life. And when that comes, comes to pass. In, in the film, like when he kind of admits to all this, it is like, oh my God, like it's amazing in a movie that is about a murder and a sexual assault at a minimum. Um, you are the character who is who I least like out of all of these characters because you have you have the power to not let us go through this 90 minutes of lies you hmm. could just tell us what happened you're starting to sound like a, a trilogy
1: that. theory where it's like you're gonna save us the trouble of watching this, <laughs> this wouldn't exist Thank no you, what it is of-
0: definitely it is definitely it's definitely worth watching like i just i just think it's it's incredible i don't think there's a It's it's it is one of those movies where if you have one bad performance this movie is ruined Like, it it has to be even. That's, like, the whole point, right? You have to care about all these stories, all these versions of these stories. And I was really impressed that there doesn't seem to be a weak spot. Of course, it's harder to tell with the the dead husband's story if there's a weak spot, because that's through a medium, right? So it's all presentational. There's, like, literally smoke and mirrors. Like, it's, (laughs) you know, you got the vocal tricks. You got everything else going on. And it's just kind of relatively simply telling that story, and then you get to see it play out. Whereas the other ones, you need all of that. You need both. Um, but I think all three stories work. Is there like a weak point for you other than the horribly choreographed fight sequence? Is there is there a weakness <laughs> here for you?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. I, it probably is like... Uh, expertly choreographed because if they're if they're going right for, if it looks that uh, clumsy on purpose yeah the, yes. the weakness of all the, the men here um and boy they sure do look tired uh very quickly you know
0: so. <laughs> i related to that scene because yeah. i that's kind of probably how i would go down <laughs> this is...
1: no i i don't think there's a um a weakness in it i would say that upon reflection there's probably more of a consistency in the stories as told by the, the male characters, um, in mm-hmm. the female. Um, because I, d- I think that the bandit, the samurai and the woodcutter are all, they're all very similar in that they want, they want to have, uh, the pride of like, uh, taking their, their fate in their own hands. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. he, the bandit wants to be renowned for his, his, his crimes. Um, And so in in that, his story, um, but only if I look cool while doing it. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Um, and, and the samurai the same way, like I don't get from any of the versions, uh, of the, the events here that, um, he's in a happy marriage or that he's perfectly pleased with his life that he's uh defending it uh because it's it's something it means everything to him. Uh and you know in one of the, the versions, I believe the woodcutters, uh he refuses to fight for his wife mm-hmm. because he basically slut shames her for being a victim of a crime. Um and even the woodcutter, you you know, you're on to him as far as like that's none of my concern. Uh but it's strange that the other two men, even though they kind of put themselves in position um to Vanquish their foes. They're also looking for every out not to. They're looking for someone else to yeah to not do fix it. this yeah you? Yeah, um, yeah. And I like I like <laughs> that uh, upon rewatch probably more so than when I was younger. Uh, the that there is uh, even though the versions of these events are different. The uh, the men not not so much. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you know I don't know what our our demo is as far as uh, female <laughs> listenership. They'll probably uh, appreciate that. Um, whereas, uh, Dave and I just will remain befuddled and just, we'll just go to another podcast. (laughs) And as, as per usual. (laughs) So we brought up this like cynicism
0: and, you know, the kind of the the movie at the end, kind of trying to save itself from that cynicism with the, essentially with a birth, right? A child we don't know is there. And then like, oh, then we get this child. My, my faith is restored humanity. The, The sun comes out from behind the clouds and there's hope again. What do you think of that ending? Is that something you appreciate in this movie or is that something that kind of like is – you feel like is pulling punches based on what the movie – what the rest of the movie is giving
1: us? No, I think it's the story that we will tell ourselves uh, to to mm-hmm. make sense of things that we can't really make sense of. I think in that instance like mm. the, the men that are hearing all these different uh, versions of the same event, uh, when they kind of uh, come to a dead end as far as like, well, what does this all mean? Um, they're, they're going to look for a sign elsewhere and be like, okay, so this is, this, this is what the, the reason, whether it's a, a new generation, whether it's, you know, an, an, act of God, the the sun coming out again. Um, but, um, uh, <laughs> if there's not going to be active participants in the world around them, um, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be any, any better off than <laughs> the, you know, the, the victims of all this, of this, this crime, the bandit, samurai and his wife. Uh, so I, I, tend to think that it's just as cynical as the rest of the movie Oh, interesting! <laughs> because i don't yeah. know if we're all lying to ourselves yeah. with hope is that
0: okay <laughs> i don't, oh, okay. Well, I don't I know, like it yeah i don't know <laughs> if
1: these guys have necessarily <laughs> learned anything from it and i like that kurosawa didn't seem to have much interest in that as i said i think probably more modern versions of the rashomon effect is that there's a big aha moment and I yes. think this yes. one has one but it's not about any anything the the crime itself. It's just no. A, it's not uh, about the the story, yeah, the events. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's a really good point. It's actually it's actually something that I don't like uh, in terms of movies that use the Rashomon effect. Now is that they they feel this pressure to be like, and in our fourth chapter, the real story, <laughs> and it's like no, it's like uh, I like the idea that like, you know, we don't even know that the woodcutter is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. And it's up to us as an audience. I think it shows a little bit, maybe more faith in an audience than a lot of directors have now, where you could just be like, okay, general public, you piece it together. You figure out what you believe, because that's what that jury was doing. Like, figure it out. I think, you know, and you mentioned 12 Angry Men. In some ways, 12 Angry Men is is the same way. Like, we don't really know the story. But it's up to us to make that decision. What Dave is um, saying,
1: uh, and I'll go to the even more classic cinema, is that uh, during the theatrical release of Clue from I believe nineteen eighty five, yeah. you would have preferred, mm-hmm. uh, I think originally the version where they just sent uh, the last reel had different endings to different theaters. Yeah, and that's I love that's, what, it. that's what Dave would have liked. I love it. Not not the yeah. super cut where you get all of them combined. Yeah, none of that.
0: I, I like. The, I also like the idea of that in the theatrical experience uh, on its own. It's like, oh well. Now you got this version. Now you got that version. Figure it out. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. So, do you think Uh, as
1: we're we're recording this uh, a week ahead, um, but we will release it, you know, right in time with opening weekend for what will most assuredly be uh, a bomb. You don't think that's going to be the biggest
0: hit of uh, of this year? No, I I
1: think that uh, it will probably rank fourth behind uh, what another weekend of Venom. Uh, James Bond, and uh, Dude, even God. Halloween, uh, the 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 peacock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, version. Uh, it'll still be behind <laughs> that, but I like your idea that there are versions where maybe Matt Damon dies. Uh, yes, maybe Marriage Story dies. I don't know. Like you know, Marriage just, Story. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worst movie. Come on, man. There's no need for that. Well, you can tell where um, my allegiance lies. Actually, my allegiance lies with Eminem, Ben Affleck. <laughs> I like I like the <laughs> bleached blonde Ben yes. Affleck. That's how I hope wins.
0: So, Mike, we started this episode with me asking about kind of your your introduction to Kurosawa. Do you have
1: a favorite Kurosawa movie that mm. you've seen? Um, I mean, I've, I've liked, I think everything I've watched, I, I hope mm-hmm. Webb does not listen to this podcast. Cause he, yes. why well, I, I used yeah. to think that he would be, uh, that'd be like
0: once a trilogy, another Mike, you love this, another, um, so. Akiru <laughs> probably. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I, I probably that's like probably the good. more, uh, I guess, well, I mean, it's not slice of life cause it's, it's about man facing his own mortality, but um, every day, yeah, that's a romp. <laughs> uh, all of it. Um, you know, I would say that um if you're going with my, my favorite uh performance uh from Funu, it'd probably be Seven Samurai. If I'm looking at like their collaborations, mm, yeah. I, I just you know, I think that's the most fun. Uh that is a really long movie. Uh yeah, so it is. yeah. It's I, like four hours
0: long probably. It's it's a long one. Yeah.
1: I'll I'll go with uh the, yeah, the, the the man who uh has his very dramatic version of of office space and is facing <laughs> death. Yeah yes yes that's absolutely. funny I mean, it's a Mike Judge movie not quite not 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 yeah. quite yes I mean I'll go with Throne
0: of Blood so especially as a shout out to our friend Webb if he is listening to this he introduced me to that movie um, it is a retelling of Macbeth um, that is pretty fantastic another Mifune performance that is really really great um, and in our, our next episode we're going to do something just like this um, if all goes <laughs> to plan we're going to be talking about grumpier old men uh, just, you know, <laughs> just like Kurosawa he would love it <laughs> So that is what's coming up next. <laughs> so, in the meantime, uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter. Please stay subscribed. Um, is what Dave is Yes, please. <laughs> it's just uh, one follow episode. Us on, follow us on Instagram, where Michael never posts at the Offscreen Death, uh, and we'll talk to you next time, uh, talking a real classic, mm. grumpier old men.